This is the podcast. Hi. It's an episode of this podcast is about to happen. It's been a while. I feel like I'm like, am I like hitting the once a month? Is that sort of the, the groove I have found myself in? The once a month recording groove? The, uh, the accrual of consumptive media? Consumptive? Consumption of? Hmm, something wrong with that sentence. <sighs> At about a one month clip, as it were, my desire to talk about things monthly? Maybe. Maybe it'll happen more. Maybe it'll happen less. The beauty of recording when I want to for an audience of none. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. All right, so I think what I'll do is movies first, and then I got a whole bunch of internets, internet-related things. Wait, what do I have TV on the go? I, I feel like, have I finished anything recently? Ba, 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 ba. No, but I'm like near, uh, let me tell you shows that I'm near the end of. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, I'm almost done. Better Call Saul, I'm almost done. Party Down, Party Down. Uh, the Mrs. and I, okay, so let me start with that. Uh, the Mrs. and I started from the beginning. Season, uh, uh and rewatched because season four sort of somewhat recently came out. <clears throat> um, if you haven't seen Party Down, great show. Um, you know what, I, I didn't even have it in my notes. Party down IMDb. Let me see what the the IMD says here. A group of actors mm -hmm, move to Los Angeles to make it big, but end up working as caterers for a company called, you guessed it, Party Down. Starring Adam Scott, Ken Marino, Ryan Hansen, Martin Starr, Lizzie Kaplan, but not in the last season, Megan Mullally, but not in the first season. <clears throat> Jane Lynch. We got some Jennifer Garner in the last season at all. We had Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, that's good. Just some JK Simmons in there. Ken Jong. James Marston. Oh, Jack buddy. Yeah. Uh, great show. Super funny. Um, I think famously one in which I don't know if it was like the first, but among the first where it was like sort of famously a lot of improv done, like just, just uh, oodles of improv, let's say. And <clears throat> is that obvious? I don't know. Like a lot of crazy stuff happens. And would one say that improv lends itself more towards uh, interesting and unexpected things to happen than the written word. <coughs> I feel like, yeah, maybe kind of makes sense. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rating wise, easy, easy five out of five. Um, sort of has the interesting thing of two, you know, first three seasons happened uh, and then the uh, fourth season happened like 10 years later. So it started 2009. So 2009, 10, 2011. Oh, like even more than that. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. 
Can I see the exact release info? Mm-hmm. 2023? Yeah, a anyways. Uh, the, the, the time between season three and season four was long. <clears throat> so that was interesting to uh, uh, hop back in a show and have all this time passed and see where characters that you enjoyed in the first three seasons, where are they now, sort of thing. <clears throat> my voice. Oh, no, my voice. My beautiful voice. Uh, yeah, so uh, enjoy uh, my party down. Why don't you? <clears throat> um, and the missus and I uh, working our way through the the I assume final season of succession. Uh, what else we got on the go? We got uh, King of the Hill. We, we sort of do that, you know, in dribs and drabs. Um, oh yeah. I started Veep, uh, which is interesting because I had always heard about Veep that it's like in, incredible. One of the best comedies ever. And after being, uh, one and a half seasons in, it's good. I have had laughs, but, uh, I think maybe I went into it with too high expectations because I've never heard anything bad about it. And I've heard so many people I know and respect in the comedy worlds praise it. <clears throat> so now that I'm in it and not having <laughs> like party down, I enjoy much, much more than I have uh, veep so far. Um, my, my theory is, um, you know, it revolves around American politics, <laughs> which, uh, not traditionally a, 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 a laugh a minute. I mean, in some regards, <laughs> but more of a laugh until you cry regard. Uh, so I don't know, it, it, like I'm going to continue on is the game plan. And, uh, maybe it's like, you know, a lot of shows, the first uh, couple of seasons, they haven't found their stride yet per se, which I think Veep too, isn't that... Maybe I'm misremembering another one that is famously a lot of improv. I, I, I could be wrong about V. <clears throat> All right. So that's TV on the go. A lot of it nearing its end, and we'll probably talk about that when I do end. Mm-hmm. So let's move on into movies. Move into movies. Movie of the verse, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. <clears throat> oh, one of these movies. Which apparently, you know, were you to Google Knives Out and Muppets, <laughs> why would you do that? Because I'm telling you to, uh, because seemingly they exist in the same worlds, or there's some, there has been discussion of that. Imagine a Knives Out movie, but also has Muppets in it. <sighs> Craziness. Famed. Southern detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece for his latest case. Uh, his voice reminds me a little of my, uh, uh, I, I know I've mentioned this before. I'm on a, uh, Dean actually recorded yesterday or uh, streamed yesterday, uh, on Twitch, a D and D, uh, actual play podcast streaming thing, uh, practical heroes. Go ahead and check that out. And uh, I'm playing Chesterfields, who's a uh, bugbear, uh, rogue slash bard, uh, and he's got a bit of the southern accents, not dissimilar to Benoit Blanc. Well, somewhat similar. Uh, so 
you know, there's that. Uh, I do like the missus hadn't uh, seen the first one. <clears throat> so I had a slight worry that she would not know what's going on, but, uh, can, uh, had heard and can verify that this is very much a, a self-contained story that if you didn't see the first one, you're fine to uh, watch this one, which, uh, which I like. And, and I feel like that's a, probably something of a mystery, you know, a, a Sherlock Holmesian style mystery, which uh, this very much does feel like, um, they are self-contained. Maybe there's a, a connective thread. Uh, however, for the most part, when it comes to, uh, uh, uh you know, a, a murder mystery, you are, uh, you know, self-contained as this is self-contained on an Island, no less an Island of a, uh, a multi-billionaire seemingly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> we got, of course, Daniel Craig, Edward Norton as the, uh, uh the, the billionaire evil. Who's to say Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, uh, Janelle Monet. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Catherine Hahn. Leslie Odom Jr. Et al. All good. Ray Ting. Why talk like this? Um, yeah, I'd go... Jeez, that's a good question. Uh, you know what? My initial thought was 5 out of 5, but I don't think it is a 5 out of 5. Uh, it, sort of the problem with a mystery, uh, 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 like a murder mystery is once you've seen it and know, you know, the solution to the mystery, uh, I feel like it quickly drops off. So, uh, uh, normally three is enjoyed while watching, but would watch again on my particular rating scale. Um, and my desire to watch this again after knowing, you know, all the mysteries have been solved is less. You know, I never really thought about that. Interesting. So, okay. Here's convoluted rating as I am wants to do. If you haven't seen this, the rating is four plus a number, a, a number less than one. Mm -hmm. If you've already seen this, my rating is three plus a number, but uh, the number is between, uh, zero and one. Wow. I've given a lot of convoluted ratings over the years, but this one may take the cake. Speaking of cake, no, that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> trying to segue. Uh, Pearl from 2022. There you go. That's a sort of a segue. Clumsy, but a segue nonetheless. In 1918, a young woman on the brink of madness pursues stardom in a desperate attempt to escape the drudgery, isolation, and lovelessness of life on her parents' farm. Lovelessness is, it's sort of like a pretty word to look at, I'm seeing here. It's fun to say. It's an interesting concept. Hmm. Lovelessness. Lovelessness. See? Uh, this is, of course, starring Mia Goth. Yeah, what's with Mia Goth, eh? She's, uh, she's seemingly, she does some interesting movies. And, I don't know, uh, she's a, a, an actress who I wonder what she's like in real life. After after seeing her performances in, in, in things, definitely this one. 
it makes me think, yeah, what's this girl like? Like, is she insane? <laughs> uh, as she is in this, uh, definitely has the feel of, uh, at the time, you know, 1918, probably people didn't know much of, you know, uh, psychopathic tendencies, uh, undiagnosed psychopathic tendencies. Pearl would uh, probably definitely have, uh, just the exploration of someone who doesn't have the same um, feelings and reactions that others do particularly probably with regards to uh, like not understanding consequences to actions. It sort of has that feel. Well, the exploration of that is, you know, interesting, interesting. And you know what this movie does, um, which is sort of interesting. Uh, it makes you, like feel sympathy for a psychopath, <laughs> uh, you know, not universally. She does some horrible things and you know, Jesus Christ, this person's horrible, but also occasionally throughout you'll feel bad for her, which is, you know, uh, I'd say impressive. Uh, this is a weird one. Um, rating wise, jeez, I think I'd go four. yeah. Let's not go convoluted with this one. It's, <laughs> It's definitely weird, and I could see a situation that if you don't like a weird movie about a psychopathic killer girl, you might not like it. <laughs> but then maybe you do. So, whatever. Hey, loosey goosey, man. We're just letting it flow. Yeah. Uh, moving on to from 2002. I thought this movie was older. Huh. Uh, John Q. Mmm. John Quincy Archibald. Now that's a handle. Takes a hospital emergency room hostage when his insurance won't cover his son's heart transplant. Now, watching this movie as a Canadian, I gotta say, is fucked up. What are you doing down there, man? Get get your friggin' shit together with uh, insurance and healthcare. Healthcare should not be for the rich. Let's say that. Am I right? How is that a strange concept? <sighs> okay, so watching this as a Canadian will make you confused and angry. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that. James Woods as a uh, asshole bad guy. You know what? Art imitates life, I guess. Uh, so you got that going for you. Uh, Robert Duvall. It's funny. Uh, two, yeah, two movies in this particular episode will have Robert Duvall, who is always good. Robert Duvall's still alive. I feel like he's probably not, right? <laughs> oh, I think he is still alive. Well, good for Robert Duvall. Is he still working? 2022? Hmm. Well, Robert Duvall, always good. The fact that you have Robert Duvall in your movie, you know, it's going to make your movie good. Um... Denzel Washington, obviously. Same same goes for, for, for Denzel Washington. Is there a bad? You know what? I'm going to click on Denzel Washington. Let's see if we can find a bad Denzel Washington movie. <clears throat> Fences, I didn't actually see. Training Day, Mangling, Book of Eli. I actually want to rewatch that. Uh, Equalizer 2. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Uh, Magnificent Seven, that was all right. 
two guns. Don't know what that is. Flight was great. Unstoppable, great. The Great Debaters, I assume great. It's right on the title. I don't. I never saw that. Taking of Pelham, great. American Gangster, great. Man on Fire, Manchurian, Manchurian candidate, candidate. Remember the Titans? The Hurricane? Did I ever see the Hurricane? Bone Collector. There, there is ones here that I'm not reading because I didn't see them. Crimson Tide, I haven't seen that in a long time. Philadelphia, that's interesting because <laughs> me and two buddies. So that was 1993. Uh, okay, so let's see how old I was in 1993. Do I need a calculator to do this? No, I'm totally doing it in my head. Let's see, carry the one. So I was 12 years old. <laughs> this is fucked up. I was 12 years old and saw Philadelphia in the theater with two of my friends. <laughs> it reminds me of that Simpsons where they're going to see Barton Fink and they're like really excited because I guess they don't really understand what it's about. And somehow, some way, that's what happened to 12 year old me and two of my buddies who probably shouldn't have seen the movie Philadelphia in theaters. Why would we do that? I, I honestly don't remember the circumstances of that, but I very clearly remember it happening. Ugh, weird. Um, Malcolm X, great. Ricochet, I don't know. Mo Beller Blues. Okay, we're getting back there. Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, what was Saint Elsewhere about? Was it like weird? Uh, Boston teaching. Okay, so it was just like normal, right? For some reason, I thought, wow, a lot of people in St. Elsewhere. Okay, we're, we're just doing rabbit holes at this point. Which, you know what, I, I do like a rabbit hole. His first TV movie at the age of 18 was Wilma in 1977. Hmm. He was 18 in 1977? Jeez, how old is Denzel Washington? <laughs> Where does it say age on this? I don't know. I feel like sometimes IMDb, it's hard to navigate and like they change where stuff is. All right. Well, let's move on from that movie. Did I give a rating? John Q. I go solid four. Yeah. Solid dependable four. Moving on to from 2014 Interstellar. Oh yeah. This one, uh, probably hadn't seen this since 2014. And do remember, um, sort of being, I mean, you know, probably like a lot of people, I think even famously like a lot of people, a little confused by this movie. Um, and thinking even at the time, you know what, I'm going to rewatch this one day and maybe it'll click a little better. And I'm happy to report that. Yes, that is what has happened. So I think this is definitely a movie that if you've only seen it once and we're confused by it. If you were to watch it again, uh, that confusion will at the very least be lessened. At least that's what happens to me or happened to me. Uh, when earth becomes uninhabitable in the future. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the thing where I'm pulling my collar and going, Eef. a farmer and ex NASA pilot, Joseph Cooper, <laughs> farmer and ex NASA pilot. You think someone like that exists? 
uh, is tasked to pilot a spacecraft to a farm. No, along with a team of researchers to find a new planet <coughs> for humans. Mm-hmm. A new planet for humans. I feel like that's a clumsy sentence. To find a new planet for humans. Yeah. Uh, starring, of course, Matthew McConaughey, which I feel like, you know what? If you're going to get someone to play a former <laughs> NASA astronaut slash farmer, I don't think you're going to do much better than Matthew McConaughey, to be honest. He, like, somehow perfectly embodies that interesting scenario. <clears throat> uh, we got Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, John Lithgow. Love me some John Lithgow. Uh, you know, we'll throw an et all again. Timothy Chalamet. He was in this? Um, so the confusion that comes from this movie, uh, you know, revolves around the, uh, science and, uh, let's just say made up science. Well, we assume made up science of, uh, like black holes and, you know, time and time dilation and relativity and, and, and things like that. And I think I spoke of this actually last episode with regards to the final, uh, the, the series finale of Star Trek, uh, the next generation, all good things. That's what it's called. I'm bad at remembering, uh, Star Trek episode names, but, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's it. And how it's fun, or at least I find it fun to think of time in different ways to sort of put your minds in a different space and see three see things from a different perspective that watching anything with time travel related stuff forces you to do in order to at least try to understand what's going on and this movie very much you have to do that you you, you can't you have to th think of time as a flat circle oh boy <laughs> which is that is a uh McConaughey quote, isn't it? From True Detective? Time is a flat circle. Or is he quoting someone else? Oh, uh, yeah. This is oh, Nietzsche's doctrine of eternal recurrence as depicted in The Gay Science and Thus Spoke... What the hell? <laughs> Those are words, I suppose. Um... But when I type in time is a flat circle, there's a picture of Matthew McConaughey here. So at the very least, he probably made it popular. Um, time is a flat circle, man. Anyways, Interstellar. I don't know. Is, is this a movie you would, despite the fact that it's amazing and I love it and would personally give it a five out of five, is it a movie I would recommend to anyone? No. No, no, it isn't. Like the missus, for example, I can pretty much guarantee she would not like this. <laughs> I I don't think we watched it, you know, back in 2014. Um, and I, I could pretty much guarantee she would, she would not enjoy maybe bits and pieces she would, but for the most part, uh, she, <laughs> this is funny. We were talking yesterday, uh, about the matrix and I forgot that I, basically made her watch it. You, you know what? I used, uh, it was a birthday and on my birthday, I'll usually uh, do like a little movie marathon and I forced her to watch it for my birthday. Um, and she fell asleep during the matrix. She fell asleep during the matrix. <sighs> wow. 
So, uh, needless to say, I don't think she would like this. Um, speaking of, what a nice segue, and I actually didn't have this on my list, but just remembered right now that, you know, two days ago, we watched Rush Hour 3. Yay! If you've been following along, I will have somewhat recently, in the last, you know, handful of episodes, spoke of Rush Hour 2, and you guessed it, the original Rush Hour. Watched them in order, no less. Uh, yeah, uh, so have a friend, uh, younger, who, and I think I mentioned this both times, who, who we quite, like, she'll come over, we'll, uh, we'll do a little movie, have a couple of drinks, um, and because she is younger, has not seen a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, sort of older movies. I guess this is 2007, it's not that old. But it's been nice to sort of re-watch these movies through a, a younger person's eyes who's never seen them before. Uh, let's see the imda for this one. Uh, after an attempted assassination on Ambassador Han, this poor guy, uh, Lee and Carter head to Paris to protect a French woman with knowledge of the Triad's secret leaders, starring, of course, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. <laughs> uh, we got Max von Sydow in here. Let me give a little spoiler warning. The old white man in this movie is a bad guy. Jesus. I think, did that happen? I, I, I kind of don't remember if that happened in all of these movies. Um, but at least a couple to the degree where as soon as I saw Max von Sydow, I'm like, yeah, he's going to be a bad guy. And spoiler, the old white man <laughs> art imitates life, I suppose. Um, okay. So we all agreed that this wasn't as good as the first two, but it's fine. It's a fine movie. Um, you know, the, the something odd but the, these movies do really really well is that is the outtakes and bloopers at the end I, I feel like movies don't really do that anymore uh it was more a thing i guess of the time and uh these two in particular uh what i like about it is it makes it seem like while filming they were actually like having fun and i i, I do like and appreciate that <sighs> so rush hour three do I give it a three? Yeah, I give it a three and change. Yeah. Why not? If if you watch the first two, watch this one. If you've never seen any of them, watch the first one. If you like that, consider maybe watching the other ones. Eh? That's how, you know, movies work and stuff, I guess. Moving on to, oh, this is interesting. Also from 2007. Interesting. Two 2007 movies. Uh, super bad. Hmm. Uh, this movie falls under the category of movies. The missus would ask me probably once every two weeks for a year, if we could watch. And, uh, you know, she had a bad week, <laughs> one week. And, uh, I, I finally relented. Uh, I've spoken of this before. Every movie I watch, uh, as soon as it's done, a clock starts in my head of when I can or have the desire to rewatch that movie. Now, for some movies, that clock is 7,000 years. Uh-huh. Meaning I'll never rewatch it. Unless I, you know, become immortal. Who's to say? Anyways. Um, uh, 
that clock was near enough wound down with regards to Superbad that uh, I'm glad to have uh, rewatched it. It is a great movie, and I do very much love it. It is of the time. It does, despite the fact that uh, whatever year, we figured out what year this took place in, uh, I would have been older. It, it, does, it, it does still have enough similarities to things I remember from high school uh, that, you know, gives you that sort of nostalgic high school vibes. Uh, which I feel like all these sort of coming of age movies, uh, do that. You know, when you get a young, uh, uh, Michael Sarah in a movie, you're going to have some, uh, I feel like nostalgic feelings for uh, your, your bygone school years. I assume you are. I do anyways. Uh, easy five out of five. If you haven't seen it before, um, you know, watch it. Why don't you? All right, let's do this last movie quick because uh, I got a bunch of other stuff uh, from 1996. Phenomena. Da, 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 da. An, ordinary man, an ordinary man seeks a bright... Oh, my God. <clears throat> an ordinary man sees a bright light descend from the sky and discovers he now has super intelligence and telekinesis. Wow. Starring John Travolta. We got some Forrest Whitaker. We've got Robert motherfucking Duvall back at it again as a white doctor. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, this very much, <laughs> you know, what's funny. Um, when was Michael, uh, the, 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 the movie Michael, because John Travolta did this, and I feel like he did Michael around the same time, which, I don't know, somehow, some way, just sort of have similar vibes, I feel like. Uh, Alright, I didn't find it. Uh, by clicking on him, let me just... Michael. Hello? Michael. I'm just seeing Michael J. Fox is fine titles michael from 1990s are you getting me they're from the same year that is insane to me so uh yeah <laughs> i did not realize that was the case so in 1996 john travolta was in the movie michael two tabloid reporters reportedly checking out the report of archangel michael living with an old woman find that it's true but that's not the only surprise so yeah Basically, he's an angel. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and in Phenomenon, uh, he gets superpowers from who knows where. Yeah, weird. And if you've seen these movies, they have similar... I don't know if it's rom-com necessarily, but there's definitely some rom-comedy happening in both of these movies. And they both fall under the category of good Sunday movie, good Sunday movie vibes. Um... So talk the missus into this one, and uh, I, I, I can definitely pass on her verification that this is a very good Sunday movie. Uh, so, with that in mind, you watch this movie on a Sunday? Jeez, Michael, five out of five. Yeah. Any other day of the week? Less. Phenomenon. Da, 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 da. Um, 
it does sort of give that, oh, it, it, it does something cool as well, which I don't remember if Michael did it. I, I don't think it did, but this one does it where it's, um, oh yeah, I forgot Brent Spiner makes an appearance in this. That was pretty fun. Um, it, it, it does that thing where it leaves it up to the, 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 the viewer to decide whether his powers are from, uh, are basically from an external source, meaning this light he's on the sky or uh, an internal source, which I will give a bit of a spoiler from <laughs> 1996 movie, Michael, uh, a tumor in his brain. It could be both. Uh, a tumor in his brain sort of, uh, uh, you know, causing parts of the human mind that are normally dormant to, to wake up or whatever, you know, that, that, which I don't think is actually a true thing when people say, you know, we only use whatever, 10% of our, our, our brain. Uh, I don't think that's actually accurate. Maybe it's 10% at a given moment. Mm, I don't actually know. I'm not a brain doctor. Okay. As much as I seem like I might be a brain doctor. I'm not one. Okay. God. All right. Let's move on to internet stuff first. Oh, started in 2021. A fun house production fun house. Finally has completed. I'm of course talking there. Deadly premonition. Long play. <laughs> I guess it was a long time ago that it started. Uh, we've got Elise, Ryan, Jacob, and of course, Alana Pierce, because it was her, it was her who, it was she who, uh, recommended playing this, uh, insane game, which I'm glad I got to witness this game and it sort of progress and the, and the weirdness and the story while uh, these four people, you know, sit around and shoot the shit and talk about things that have nothing to do with the game quite often. Uh, because I, I don't think it's a game in which I could sit down and actually play the whole thing, just from what I have seen of it. Uh, as crazy as it looks, it also looks like a game of the times, which, when did that come out? Deadly Premonition, which was the second one too. It'd be nice if they... Uh, they played the second one. Uh, 2010? Oh, okay, I thought it was older than that. Yeah, but but still a game of the time, let's say. Uh, and speaking of times, they were good. Yes, they were. Just, you know, every once in a while, you know, every two to ten months. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, sometimes the episodes were really split far apart like that, which... I, you know what? I didn't mind. It's just like every once in a while you, you'd have this cool little, little gift of one of these episodes would pop into your, uh, into your whatever time stream into your time stream. He says, uh, so, uh, it, it, it's over. You could, you could go over to Funhouse now. F U N H A U S. Uh, and, uh, they probably got a playlist there where you could watch the whole deadly premonition playthrough. Terrific. Thanks, Funhouse. Moving on to, oh yeah, something I stumbled across. Uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Redline, R-E-D-L-Y-N. Um, I think maybe he's got a Twitch channel. Uh, he's only got like eight episodes 
on the, the, the channel I found, the YouTube channel I found. Um, but he had like a crap ton of uh, subscribers, so I, I don't know if they're coming from elsewhere or just these videos are very popular, but uh, he's got a, a, a series, a couple of series, some uh, of the uh, iceberg variety, which uh, if you've ever uh, gone down a iceberg rabbit hole, I would recommend. Uh, so basically pick a topic that interests you um, and then put iceberg at the end. <laughs> and the possibility, I would say, well, I guess depends on what it is, but the possibility definitely exists that you will find a video titled things like uh, uh, Skyrim Iceberg. A lot of video game ones I have seen and watched where, you know, the tip of the iceberg is, uh, the, this is what this sort of means, uh, is, 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 you know, things that everyone sort of knows of Skyrim. I'm going to use Skyrim as an example. And then as you go down levels of the, the iceberg, you know, you reach the bottom and it's things that are usually insane <laughs> that, uh, uh, you know, only crazy people on the dark web know about. That, that that's sort of the idea the the, the thought that uh, you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg and what is below the surface is much larger uh and, and they're quite often you know very cool deep dives so he's got a couple of those but what uh, drew me to his channel in particular was a uh, i guess it's a two-part series now maybe there's more to come from the sounds of it which would be cool uh, called exploring dead games dead games meaning online games where the player base is virtually non-existent, which is a very interesting idea. I think of all the, I guess I'm probably not a prime example because I don't tend to shy away from online games for the most part, despite the fact that I play a ridiculous amount of Rust. Uh, I usually just play as a solo for the most part. So anyways, to see some of the crazy and just uh, not dissimilar to what I was just saying of the time uh, with regards to Deadly Premonition, these old online games of the time, you're going to see some nostalgic things, some crazy things, some ugly and interesting, and uh, it, it just really runs the gamut of <laughs> possible online experiences. And uh, to see him explore this is it, it's incredible. He, he uh, he's got a very calming voice as well, which is uh, which is always nice. Uh, a bit of a sense of humor as well. Just a, a, a dollop of of funniness, you know, sprinkled throughout, which I appreciate. Uh, so I'd, I recommend that Redline Exploring Dead Games. You got two. It's three months ago. It's got four million views. Whew. Wow. Thanks for the crazy support, guys. Hmm. Nice. He's got a, a pinned comment here. Please don't harass anyone. Okay. Also, as an important note, please don't harass anyone in the video. Be it players featured within maps, server owners, etc. Most of these maps are years old, so don't go bothering anyone who doesn't want to be bothered. Thanks. Hmm. wonder where that came about. Her, yeah, people can be uh, not nice, as we've learned from time to time. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, yeah, moving on to uh, <laughs> as I've titled here some YouTube stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I've got a point form list of some things that I've been doing on the internet, which I guess that red line would have fallen under. The Funhouse Dunley premonition would have fallen under. A uh, lot of rust. Dot dot dot. Twitch Rivals was interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, you got your spoon kit, you're blazed, you're stimpy. The amount of people. Uh, uh, having Rust content on YouTube's is vast. It's a vast, <laughs> I was just about to say wasteland. And in some regards, yes, a vast wasteland. You know what I've been looking for and uh, have found it difficult to find is women who play Rust, which I think, you know, video game online, not a friendly place for women in general. But I think I have heard uh, Rust in particular is, you know, toxic, which uh, makes me sad because there's a lot of uh, fun and beauty to be found within this game. So if you, well, here you go, attempt at audience participation. If you know any uh, uh, women on YouTube who uh, have Rust content uh, that you would recommend, please let me know. You could do so to uh, probably the easiest way is Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. There you go. At me. At me, bro. Uh, and Twitch Rivals has been interesting where uh, they get, you know, some of the, the, the biggest people. Well, it's funny because there was a, a girl in the Twitch Rivals who, uh, like, I saw her in a clip. And then I went to find her YouTube channel, and I did, and she had no videos. <laughs> so I guess she just streams, basically. Which is fine. It's just, uh, I, I, I'm not a... Despite the fact that I, you know, am on Twitch, technically, practically, or else check it out. Um, I don't really gravitate towards watching things on Twitch. I don't know. I like uh, the 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 Twitch things I watch are people who post their vods and clips on YouTube. I don't actually really go on Twitch too often. For example, oh, segue, Paul Shear's YouTube channel. Oh, cool. He's posting a lot of uh, clips from uh, his Twitch stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, kind of a podcasty little bit. Uh, him and Rob Hubel, uh, definite podcast vibes. Just sort of uh, you know sitting around shooting the shit, uh, saying funny things, saying things that are not funny but in a humorous way. Either or. So uh, you know, check him out. Uh, and, and again, they're just pulling that from their Twitch uh, channel for the most part. But uh, there you go. What's, what is their Twitch channel to, uh, called? I, I do subscribe to a lot of these things on Twitch. It's just I never find myself wanting to go there for the most part. Hmm. I don't, and I almost don't know why. Like there have been times in my life where I did. Like uh, what was the guy I used to watch? Well, Quillen. I used to watch her. She doesn't do Twitch anymore. Does something <laughs> quite a bit different than Twitch. Uh, now, uh, that's Q-I-L-I-N. I used to watch her. I liked her. Um, uh, who am I thinking? He played uh, Escape from Tarkov. Oh, man. It, I used to watch him, like, every night, too. Like, he, he was a good sort of chill before bed uh I uh, originally used to watch Dr. Disrespect on uh, on Twitch there when he was doing PUBG. I think PUBG 
that was a lot of what I watched because those were, uh, those were exciting. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not here to talk about the bygone. Well, it's not really bygone. It's just for me personally bygone. Uh, Twitch era. Uh, let's move on to Krug Smash. Yes. Uh, Krug Smash does, uh, uh, Dwarf Fortress content and, um, has a really cool series going right now, sort of reminiscent of some of his older stuff, I feel like, called Northbridge, where uh, he's sort of uh, building a seemingly very powerful uh, 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 fortress, right, uh, sort of a, a bridge connecting two landmasses, which is pretty cool. Uh, so that's been fun to see uh, him sort of reliving the glory days, it almost feels like. Uh, moving on to Critical Role, always split the party? What? Huh. Yeah, uh, so if you're not watching season, uh, campaign three, rather, of Critical Role, you may not know that, uh, uh Matt Mercer has split the party. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, made work <laughs> much more difficult <laughs> for himself. Uh, so basically, uh, so how many is it? Uh, is it six or seven? Seven. Had a party of seven, and then, you know, through story and, uh, you know, magic and such, uh, split three of them off, and uh, uh, had it done in such a way that they are sort of magically teleported to, well, at first they didn't even know where, but they are now continents apart, literal continents apart. Also, this magic, or lack of magic well i guess we're gonna find out uh, means that they are unable to communicate with one another these these two now separate parties which is interesting so not only did he do that which uh is a cool idea and you know could potentially make it easier in some regards because uh having a party of run, running a running a session for a party of three or four as opposed to running a session for a party of seven a lot easier. Like for me, ideal is three. And you know what? I'd rather have two players than I'd have four players. <laughs> it's just uh, the, the the feel of those sessions I've had both as player and DM of, uh, of less players. And I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, 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 it's definitely a different feel and it's one I like a lot more. Like, uh, I, I don't know what it is. There's probably a lot of factors involved. However, uh, I definitely prefer smaller parties for a lot of reasons. Okay. So he split the, which, you know, could have made some of the sessions early, uh, easier, but then he added three people to friggin' each one. So just now he's running two, basically separate it's it's i was gonna say two separate campaigns and in some regards it kind of is two separate campaigns so he's got to know what each group is doing at a given time and he's added all these players uh really i feel like wow cool made it very hard on himself yeah jeez. um that is something i have enjoyed is i love uh abria eingar for example, uh, I, I don't want to, be, because I'm not good with names and haven't written it down. Emily Axford, love her. I'll just say the ones that I know off the top of my head. You know, one thing is interesting 
is one of the players, uh, again, I don't know his name, he's clearly never played before. <laughs> like, to the degree where, at one point, he says, what's a cantrip? <coughs> he didn't know about advantage or disadvantage. Um, and, uh, see, on the one hand, I feel for him, because I feel like people watching are gonna, you know, assholes, I should say, assholes watching, are gonna let him have it. Are, are not going to be nice to the new player. And, and if you're the type of person who's not going to be nice to a new player, don't expect new people to play the game because that is just a jerk move. Uh, sometimes new players do things that old players will never do, which makes things exciting. For example, <laughs> uh, one of the first things he did, he's playing a sorcerer, who was surprised by one of the other players and he turns around and because he believes his character would, you know, sort of, ah, uh, you, you know, be startled. He, he let off a spell. Now, you know, a, a veteran player f playing for RP might shoot off a, a, a cantrip at that, you know, just because, you know, there's something interesting to do. This guy lets off a fifth level fucking lightning bolt, uh, <laughs> at the character uh yeah <laughs> that was that was interesting he, he's he's definitely had some interesting choices choices that a veteran player might not make uh so it's been fun to watch him play uh you know let him play man so critical role season three moving along and uh interesting to see where it's headed probably to the moon or is that what we're assuming we're gonna have a time on the moon at some point Cool. Uh, moving on to, oh yeah, uh, Extra Emily. Yeah, I wanted to mention her. She's doing some very interesting things. A wall stream, a dirt stream, live streams, cops, kayaks. You got it all. So this is sort of what I'm talking about. Uh, Extra Emily is a Twitch streamer. However, I don't think I've ever watched her on Twitch at all. Uh, I, I just watch her, like clips on her YouTube channel. Or, uh, you, know, you know, sort of segments from her. Well, for example, her wall stream. Uh, she was, like, duct taped to a wall. I'm going to put wall in quotes because it was more like a pole. Um, and stayed there for, I don't know how long she was there. Like, 12 hours? 24 hours? A very long time. So, well, I could watch that entire thing on Twitch. I am old and therefore closer to death. So... Uh, I instead just uh, watch clips of it online. Mm -hmm. Not dissimilar to when she was <laughs> buried in a garbage can full of dirt for a very long time. As people threw <laughs> water balloons at her. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She seemingly is, in some regards, insane. Um, but, you know, in a fun, good way. And a cheerful way, and sort of famously bubbly and buoyant and nice and kind and, I don't know, you know, uh, a little bit extra, you might say. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Emily's, Emma Roo. Mm-hmm. Uh, still one of my faves, definitely. Uh, she did a, uh, and has done two now, I think, a cosplay contest. Uh, with Jessica Negri, no less, uh, who I have had the pleasure of meeting on three or four times. Yeah, uh, at the 
uh, Fan Expo Canada in Toronto. Have a, a couple of pictures actually behind me right now of I think my favorite one is uh, it's Jessica Negri, Lana Vamp, and uh, Carly Woods. They're dressed as cheerleaders, uh, and they're holding uh, uh, my nerdy cane while I borrowed their pom poms and sort of am off to the side, sort of you know, getting my cheerleader on, I guess. And it's uh, an insane-looking picture. Uh, the face that Jessica Negri has on—it's like she's about to eat the cane. I don't—I can't even describe it. It's—it's it's a goddamn delight, as she has been every time I've met her. Um. So yeah, uh, Emeru also introduced me to Henry Phillips, uh, the, her, uh, his channel. Uh, he does some uh, uh, humorous cooking videos on YouTube. Uh, he also has on his channel uh, Indie Film, which I watched and it was uh, really good. I, I feel like I've seen him in some things over the years, but uh, uh, he's a, a definite funny sort of... does something that I often enjoy in comedy, which is he's not, you know... I almost feel like I, I, I've had this thought a lot in the last couple of days for some reason. Uh, there's the comedy of personality, uh, and then there's the comedy of, you know, actually funny and, and well-written jokes. So the comedy of personality is like your Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, probably the prime example. Uh, oh, uh, Dane Cook, probably another good example. People who are, you know, uh, jumping around, uh, funny voices, faces. The, were you to get a transcript of their set, you might have difficulty finding an actual joke in there. And yet, you know, people like them, so I'm not going to yuck their yum. Whereas, you know, uh, uh, Andy Kindler or uh, Jonathan Katz, they're not jumping around. Uh, <laughs> their faces remain somewhat motionless. Uh, I, I guess a, a deadpan double take, perhaps something to that effect. Uh, and yet, uh, definitely more of the comedy I gravitate towards. Uh, I, sometimes the comedy in which you have to think about it for a second. Mm hmm. So, uh, that reminds me a little of, uh, of Henry Phillips, a little more deadpan as it were. Uh, so, you know, thanks Emeru who, uh, also, you know, I just enjoy her stuff as well. I wanted to talk about the two Emilys. <laughs> um, oh yeah, uh, another one who I guess I sort of, which happens if with podcasts and has sort of happened to me with regard to my enjoyment of these uh, Twitch streamers as well, that they sort of all, you know, uh, intermingle with one another as podcasts do. One will guest on another show, and then you'll enjoy that, and then you'll, you know, it's like a virus, and you'll 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 follow them over. So, uh, from Emeru at one point, uh, I found my way over to NMPLOL, uh, who's a, a streamer. Uh, him and his girlfriend, practically wife, uh, uh, Malena, very much remind me of uh, <laughs> a lot of the ways of uh, the misses and myself. Uh, uh, like, I think this is a universal truth, at least I've heard it mentioned before, that when you are a couple and have been together for a long enough time, 
the things you say to one another in private, were they to be made public, would shock people. <laughs> like just some of the ridiculous, horrible things you say to each other for, because you know you love one another and can say anything and uh, <laughs> like just, I, I, well, you know what? Watch a little NMP and uh, Milena interact on stream and some of the things they say and do to one another. That'll give you an idea because they've decided to do it in public, it feels like. So uh, it, it's nice to see and know that even though sometimes it might seem like there's some tension there underneath the whatever you're seeing on the stream uh, is is love. Yeah. And, and I feel like people who have been in a relationship for a long time are going to more readily be able to see that underlying love than those who have not, who might just think, Jesus Christ, these people fucking hate each other. <laughs> Uh, so that's fun to watch and I enjoy it and I mention it because that's what I do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Trying to rabbit hole with new to you more. So <clears throat> if you, uh, are on YouTube and have an account, I assume you have an account, uh, you can, although it takes a little scrolling, find a button that says new to you. So go to, well, let's just see, where is it? So if I go to home, do I, do I go home? Yeah, if I go to home and then at the top, scroll all the way over, there'll be a button that says, oh, it's even, yeah, for me, it's glowing, the button. Um, uh, scroll all the way over, which is a gripe I have. Make the, this button, hell, make this its own section new to you. Um, I find this is one of the best ways to find, well, <laughs> new content. <clears throat> now, it's not going to necessarily be 100% channels that you haven't seen before on the new to you, although mostly it is, uh, but it is going to be at the very least videos you haven't seen before. And, uh, uh, like sometimes I feel like I get in ruts where I'm watching the same content from the same people over and over and over again, which, you know, it's content I enjoy, but I also like to keep some variety in my spicy life, ideally. Uh, and this is a great way to do it. Uh, so I just wanted to recommend, especially if you uh, didn't know about this as a possibility. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, last but not least of YouTube's, just wanted to talk of uh, my channel. Hmm. And it's slow, but seemingly steady growth. What? Yeah, I know, right? Um, uh, so it's uh, The Librarian Long Place is the, the name of the channel. Please feel free to uh, check it out for yourself. Um, currently at 121 subscribers, not too shabby. Um, and you know, I, I get like a new subscriber, I don't know, every couple of days, every, every week or so. Yeah. It's, it, it's not giant growth by any means, but it is growth. It definitely is, which is, uh, you know, something. Um, just had, uh, <laughs> something I've noticed too. So I had, uh, the librarian colon, a fallout new Vegas RP long play episode four drop five hours ago. 
And in that five hours, I have five views. Now, that's not exactly record-breaking by any means. However, it's something I have noticed before that I seem to get, like, a view an hour. Uh, sort of weird. Um, you know what? I should go to my... Uh, I'm going to open my channel. <clears throat> Switch account. Mm -hmm. We'll have a look at my, uh, my analytics. Now, uh, uh, focusing on you know, views and comments and stuff like that, it's not a good thing. Like, uh, so I don't, or at the very least, I try not to do it. Um, what I do try to do is just make things that I enjoy making. And if other people like it, great. Um, and I, and I, and I think that's a good rule of thumb because if you're out there doing things on the internet for the sole purpose of trying to get views, get likes. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like to a lot of people anyways, that'll be obvious. That's what you're trying to do. So, you know, I, I, I'm saying all these numbers with that in mind. So views, and this is in the last 28 days. I don't know why they always do 28 days. It's interesting. Um, three point. So how many is that? Uh, 3000. Yeah, 3,000 views in the last 28 days. Watch time, 57.8 hours. Pretty good. Subscribers, 14. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Um, <laughs> most watched uh, uh, clip, most watched video, 516 in the last uh, 28 days. Shout out to the lockpicking lawyer is the name of the clip. So uh, what I've sort of stumbled into that seems to work for the most part is every Sunday I will post a long play. Uh, I will say, let me just look at my contents tab. Uh, I have episodes ready to drop. So should I die tomorrow? These are all loaded into YouTube and scheduled to drop automatically up until April 7th, 2024. Jesus. Um, and that has made the process of doing these so much less stressful. The fact that I can, uh, you know, like I didn't record an episode this weekend because I had D&D uh, yesterday and I have it in a couple hours from now so I don't really have time to record an episode so the fact that I can not record and not feel bad about it because I know an episode's going to drop regardless uh, it, it just the stress relief is immeasurable mm -hmm. so uh, I, I would recommend if that potential stress is a reason you have not done things like this do it, get a ridiculous amount ahead, and then uh, yeah, you, the stress will be gone. Or at least it has been for me. Mm -hmm. um, something else that has happened recently is I'm getting a lot more comments than I used to. Um, and they are, somehow, some way, all nice. What? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah, somehow, uh, I've been very lucky to not have any mean comments, uh, which, you know, uh, uh, and some incredibly nice ones. I'm, I'm actually going to read you one. 
something um uh uh uh, uh, uh I just derailed. <laughs> I should end this episode. Okay, so you know what? Uh, I'll I'll end it with uh, uh reading this one nice comment, and that's how we'll end because my brain is turning it's shutting down it's turning down it's shutting down it's off uh so this is a nice comment from raba uh hey there i really love this playthrough of yours oh so nice your voice is very calming Ooh. and it's a perfect video to put on while doing tasks though sometimes i do focus on the video too much winky face <laughs> hope you're having fun doing these videos wish you the best of luck oh that's like incredibly nice and legit made my day. Uh, again, that's sort of trying not to focus on likes and comments and stuff like that. But when you get a nice comment like that, I don't know. It just, uh, it really, it really did make my day. Yeah. Period. Full stop. Now, is that a bad thing? Should I not let it make my day? Because will that mean because I let that make my day, were I to get a negative comment, would that ruin my day? I don't know. I did decide sort of earlier on that if I do get negative comments, I'll probably just delete them and block the person. <laughs> it's something about the uh, curating your internet, curating your interwebs experience. And I've spoken of this before. Um, like Twitter probably being one of the prime examples, it is a horrible, horrible place, Twitter. However, if you take the time and effort to curate your experience there, and it's not easy, you can make it better. You, you can filter out some of the horrible hate and racism and homophobia and misogyny that exists there. Um, you know what? I will say this. You should know it exists there. You should know who's throwing out that sort of fucking bullshit, but you don't need to experience it yourself personally every single time you go on Twitter. That, that is not good for you, and it's probably not good for its proliferation, I would assume. Um, so, you know, just do that in places, and one of the places in which I feel like I want to do that is my own goddamn YouTube channel. So if, you know, uh, unkind things are being said to me, to others, just in general, why not get rid of it? I don't need that. Uh, the other interesting thing is um, I have an individual who uh, uh, probably has commented more, yeah, actually not probably, definitely has commented more than anyone else, um, but they're always commenting in Russian or in Cyrillic. It's called Cyrillic, right? So every time they comment, I have to copy and paste their comments into like Google translate. So, you know, I'm not getting an exact translation uh, of what their comments are, but they're clearly kind ones. Like, uh, uh, okay, here's one. So like I responded to this one very much appreciate the nice comments. Um, and I'm seeing his comment, but I don't know what it is. Russian to English. So here they say, thanks for the heartwarming video. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of nice or like funny, interesting that I don't know what they're saying. Uh, and they've had some funny comments as well. Um, 
where I, I don't know what it is, so I, I, I'm not seeing the uh, seeing what it is until I hit enter on Google Translate, and then it like pops up. I'm like, oh, that's nice. I don't know, just kind of funny. How's this per person watching these as well? <sighs> like, do they put the Russian are uh, Russian subtitles available? Do they speak English? I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. I maybe I'll, maybe I should ask them. Hmm. Interesting. All right, uh, folks, that was an episode. Oh, that was a long one. I, I guess because I haven't recorded in a bit, had a lot of content consumed, wanted to talk about internet things and my uh, YouTube channel there, which feel free. Although I don't know if anyone is still listening to these. It's interesting. Hey, I like doing them. I like doing them. And I like you for listening if you are. If you're not, I hate you. Yeah. Ooh. Took a dark turn at the end there. Folks, it's nice to be nice to the nice. That was the...